Welcome, everybody. My name is Travis. I'm the Youth and Next Gen pastor here at Connect Church, and I'm so excited to be here with you all today. Uh, we do have a little bit of a different service. We are talking all about Mission Akron 2022, which was from uh, July 31st to August uh, 6th, and this was an awesome week uh, where our youth group did an incredible thing, and the Lord really did a lot of things through them here in the community. And so guys, if you want to come up and just like sit here up on stage, uh, go for it as I am starting this. So uh, Mission Akron 2022. 2022 was awesome. Today, this Sunday, we're going to celebrate all that the Lord did throughout this week. And so um, if you've never heard of Mission Akron and don't know what it is, I'm going to tell you all about it right now. So uh, the vision for Mission Akron has always been and will always be when Jesus is about ready to ascend to heaven. It's right, it's right after he resurrected. He gathers all the disciples together and he shares with them something uh, that's really important right before he ascends, which is, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, Jesus says something really, really important here. What he says is right before he leaves this earth, he tells the people, hey, you guys, when you guys, when I leave, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going and what does that mean? You're going to go around telling people about me and you're going to go everywhere. And for some reason, which I think is good, but he, he does take the time to define what everywhere is. And he says in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth, you see Jerusalem was where they were at this very moment. It's their hometown. Jerusalem is where they're from. And so he says, guys, you got to care about where you live. You got to care about your backyard. You got to care about the mission field that's right here. And that's what we do here in Akron. And then if you look on a map from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and then every, the rest of the earth, right? If you look on a map, it kind of starts here and then it goes out in concentric circles and further and further away. And so that's how a movement starts. And this is what Jesus is telling his disciples right before he leaves. It's one of his last instructions that he gives. And so that's what, th that's what this group did here in Akron. They were the hands and feet of Jesus. They were his witnesses telling people about him as we went to all of these great things here in Akron. Um, and before I tell you about the trip itself, though, uh, this was an awesome thing, but I want to take some time and thank a few people because... Um, there was a lot of moving parts to make Mission Akron happen, and there's some people that we just need to be, we need to have some gratitude for. So I want to call them out. And the first one is this. We had an awesome team of people who cooked all our meals, our food team. Um, and if you are on your food team, can you raise your hand for me? Yeah. And so we got, we got Verlin and Ralph and Sherry and Jamie and Anne and Patty Knight. Um, and it was, they are awesome. They did so much for this team. It's incredible. They were here early before everybody cooking us breakfast and they got all of our lunches ready and they made dinner for us when we got back and they, they're just amazing. So we would not, we literally would not have eaten food without them and they cook really good food. So that was awesome. Um, I also want to thank our Connect Church staff, specifically our facilities team. We did our very best to clean ourselves up when we came in and out of the building all the time but you know we only can do so much and so they had they came in here and reset this room I don't know how many times but that was awesome so we're going to give them a round of applause <laughs> we 
We also got to partner with another local church, which was Remedy Church uh, here in Akron as well. And they, they actually sent students with us. They're hanging out with their youth group right now, but their, their students came and were on the trip with us. You'll see here in a second as well. And that was awesome. We actually went and did a few events with them. And so that was an awesome partnership. And I also want to take a second and thank all the parents of all of you who are parents of the people up here on the stage, because you guys drove these people uh, back in forth from all the things all over Timbuktu and you guys had to be up early and stay up late and do all of that and so that goes a long way and you were just as much a part of making this happen as everybody else and so I wanted to give the parents a round of applause as well. And finally I want to thank all of you because if you don't know, if you've ever given money to Connect before, if you've given money to the missions fund, or maybe you bought some pepperoni rolls, or you bought some strawberries, or you helped one of these students just financially come to this trip, because each and every one of these students paid $250 to come on this trip and serve their community and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so if you participated in that and helped with that, I wanted to say a thank you to you because you helped make this possible. And so I want to talk about uh, all of the things that we were able to do that the Lord let us do over this past week. You're going to hear from a couple students about their stories of how Mission Akron went, and then I'll talk a little bit about uh, what I saw over this week. And so uh, here's kind of the projects we worked with. We worked with The Well in Akron. We worked with Love Our Community in Hartville. We worked with Remedy Church, and we worked with Connect Church here. And so I'm going to walk through each of those days for you right now. So at Connect, uh, we actually did a job here. And so this is our food team. We were going through the line. Of course, there was food all the time. Um, but I want to make sure we shouted that out because food's important and we love food here. And so, uh, so that was important. But then we also had a bunch of other things that we did here. If you've not been in between the two buildings before, um, recently at least, uh, where the new building is, we actually were the people who did all the gravel. So these guys, we had some volunteers come with backhoes and they were dumping gravel for us and we were spreading the gravel all around to make those beds look all nice out there. And so they, that was a lot of what we did, that picture in the truck right behind our sheds back there. There was a bunch of overgrow and things that needed to be done. And so we did that back there as well. And so that was one of the things we did. And then we went and worked with The Well, which is a group in Akron. They're also part of, Com they are Compass Coffee, if you've ever been there down in uh, Middletown in downtown Akron. Um, they are an awesome organization that is working on uh, transforming the city from the inside out. And they're doing that particularly through home ownership. And so what they're doing is, is they're buying rundown houses in the area. They're renovating them and building them up. And then uh, they're allowing people in the community to them up on how to be homeowners as well all along the way. And so we go and help. We went and helped them. We were actually primarily, we went over to a couple of the houses, but we were primarily at their headquarters where Compass Coffee is. And we did a ton of stuff over there. We did a, a lot of landscaping. We helped redo their community garden. We did so much mulching, so much weeding. They, we, they needed a new parking pad made for the, another organization that's in there called Akron Food Works. And so we actually dug up all the grass and then spread out all the gravel to make that new parking pad and these guys worked really really hard especially on the mulch day it was awesome there's a ton of mulch as you can see um 
and then we went over to Love Our Community, which is in Hartville. If you've never been over there, it's actually two parts of the organization. This woman named Kelly Viscount runs that organization, and it's awesome. There's two parts to it. There's one that's a big warehouse and thrift store that's actually open to the public. So if you like thrifting, go ahead over there because it's an awesome group. Um, and what they and if you donated flannels, this is actually where we took them as well. And so what we did there is we actually sorted all of the clothes that were coming in. You see this giant mountain of clothes behind uh, these three lovely ladies. Uh, we, were, we made a big dent in those clothes and we helped reorganize some of the thrift store and redo some of the displays because it, it kind of gotten chaotic. But what they do is also awesome. Kelly takes in people. What the second part is, she owns a bunch of transitional houses, which are like uh, really nice cabins that for people to live in. And then she takes people in from all across the board, from refugees to domestic violence to um, to people whose houses burned down or whatever you might need transitional housing for. You go and live there. They have uh, they have pastoral counseling services there for those people as well. And the goal is to get them out of the transitional housing and into somewhere stable. And so. The the thrift store supports that mission, and it also is the place where when somebody's house does burn down, she just sends them over there, and they get all the stuff for free there as part of the transitional housing thing. So if you want to support an awesome organization, Love Our Community is a great place to go. Um, and then we also did a back-to-school bash, and so this was an awesome thing. This was Lincoln after we moved all of the, uh, all the school supplies out. At VBS this year, all the students there donated school supplies, and we made a bunch of backpacks that we gave away for for free. This was all the school supplies. We're organizing them and getting them ready. And uh, we gave out like 250 plus backpacks to people in the community who needed it. And the students put on this incredible event that they ran the whole thing, start to finish of uh, doing all the backpacks. And we had a slushy machine and popcorn. And they were talking to all the kids as they came in. And they set up a whole carnival. And it was just, it was awesome. And it was a really great time for the students to actually uh, do an awesome outreach in the community right here in their church. And they did an incredible job, and I was very proud of them on that day in particular. Um, and then we worked with Remedy Church, and so uh, Remedy is an awesome church. They did another back-to-school thing, but instead of giving school supplies, they actually gave out shoes. And so they found Pastor Deontay over there found out that uh, his community was in desperate need of good shoes. And so they had a bunch of shoes donated from various places, and they gave out. We helped give out, like, I think over, like, what, somewhere between, like, 15,000, 1,500 pairs of shoes, 1,500 pairs of shoes, not 1,000, uh, 1,500 pairs of shoes, which was also amazing. And it was, that event was wild. There were people wrapped all around the building, and we got to go help with that. And of course, um, this, this, is, this is our whole team. It was an awesome week. But this is also, I want to keep this in perspective. Remember the vision of Mission Akron is to be witnesses of Jesus, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in what we're doing. This isn't about tooting our horn or like what these students did, even though they did an amazing job. It's all about what Jesus did in the community. And so we're going to keep talking about that over the next couple, you know, in the next 10, 20 minutes or so. But um, pictures can only show you so much. And so we have an awesome video that kind of recaps the week. So that was an incredible week. And we're going to talk more about it here in a second. But I think the best way you can kind of hear about what the Lord did is through some of the students that were on the trip. And so we have two students who have uh, wanted to share stories. So we have Lizzie Gass and Elena Peresta. Lizzie's going to come up first and share. Lizzie, you want to come on up? You'll get to hear her story and hear about uh, as she falls up the stairs as usual. Um, 
And uh, here's Lizzie. Over my first mission, over my first mission Akron trip, I feel like Jesus has changed me. I started to read my Bible more, and overall, I feel so much better about myself. I also feel like Jesus changed me through the other people, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to go on this mission Akron trip. I met so many amazing people, and I'm so glad I did. I cannot wait to see what the future holds for me with this church. And this Mission Akron trip will forever hold a special place in my heart, along with the other people. One of my favorite times was when I was delusional from Cedar Point, and on the way home, Lilibet was talking in an old Southern accent about her grandpap grandpappy's farm and how it don't beat snakes up by in. I'm again so thankful to be able to go on this Mission Akron trip, and I'm, so, I'm also so very thankful for the people that made it happen. And Elena is also coming up. Here you go, friend. Mission Akron was very fun for me, but when I first came into Mission Akron, I was very shy and did not socialize very well with people. But in Gavin's words, I blossomed and I'm still growing. I started talking, socializing, and opening up to this amazing group of students and leaders. This mission Akron was special to me because I got to go on it with my sister before she left for college. She helped me get through it and she's still helping me now. My favorite part of mission Akron is how I got my nickname, but let me explain the story first. So Travis told us a story on the bus about how he went to a Mexican restaurant with his friend and the waiter came over and asked if he could take his queso and Travis went, no. And then when we went to Panda Express at Cedar Point, the person that worked there asked if I wanted noodles or rice, and I went, can I have noodles? And then I went to Travis and said, I did what you did at the Mexican restaurant. And then Travis looked at me and said, noodles. Your new nickname is noodles. <laughs> and that's how I got the nickname noodles. This Mission Akron team has helped me find out who I really am. I'm more outgoing, and I'm talking to more people, which has helped me build stronger bonds with the people, especially with the people in this group. They have helped me break out of my shell, and knowing that I got to help people made me feel good. Like when we went to Locke, and me and some other people moved furniture in the shop, and a couple minutes after we moved some chairs, some people came in and bought all three. We were really happy after that. And then when we went to the well, I got to set up the library they have in the coffee shop, and it was also fun getting to know the workers there. So overall, I really enjoyed this experience of helping others and building new friendships along the way. I'm so happy to have had this opportunity, and I can't wait for all the other Mission Akron's to come. Good job. So that's just two of our students who had awesome stories. All of these students up here have stories about how Mission Akron has changed them and the things that the Lord has done in and through them through that week. And so maybe if you want to, you could take one of them out for coffee and hear one of those stories if you want. You know, it's up, it's up to you. If you want to, though, I'm sure they'd say yes. Um, but it was an amazing week. And so I want to take some time for the next little bit that we have to tell you a little bit about what I saw as the leader of the trip and kind of what the Lord did and kind of from that perspective so you kind of have a broader picture of what happened. You see, when I was thinking about sharing this, uh, the thing that I couldn't get off my mind was the gospel. And I know what you're probably thinking. We probably have a lot to say about the gospel, and that is true. I can talk a lot about the gospel, but I think one of the things that just kept coming back to me was the gospel itself when I thought about this week. 
And so I want to take us to a passage in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to be, we're not going to read the whole thing, but if you want a really good meditation exercise for the next week, go read Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 47. And here's what we're going to read. You see, the Apostle Peter, right after what we just read for the vision of Mission Akron in Acts chapter 1, right afterwards, Jesus ascends to heaven, and then Peter gives a sermon that starts the movement of the church. You'll see here in a minute that right at the very end of the sermon, 3,000 people come to know Jesus and are baptized through this sermon. And what else is interesting is that this is one of the only places in the Bible where the, the whole gospel message is so concisely laid out. And so I want to talk about that and kind of unpack this as we go. Again, I'm not, we, we're going to bounce around this passage a little bit because it's really long. Uh, but if you want to read it on your own, you can go for it. But we're going to read parts of it here. So starting in verse 22, Peter says this, Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, um, Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. You see, Peter starts off really strong. He says, listen, all of you listening, you see that there was this man, Jesus, who was just with us after resurrecting from the dead. You saw him. You saw the witnesses, right? And you also saw the many signs and wonders that God did through Jesus. That's important. He says, guys, God, Jesus is God, and you saw him. Then he continues in verse 23. That, this, that Jesus was crucified, and that was the plan of God for that to happen. It wasn't an accident. He wasn't murdered. That was God's plan. What else is interesting is in this whole sermon in verse 22 through 47, this is the only time Peter explicitly mentions the crucifixion. The rest of the time, he talks about the aftermath of that, of the resurrection and how it changes us. And so that's what he says here in verse 24, and he'll continue on for a while, talking all about God raising Jesus from the dead because Jesus couldn't be held by death. He continues. Then, yeah, there we go. Thank you. Uh, this Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. You see, Jesus was raised up. He is God. And therefore, all these people were witnesses of this. We talked about that back in Acts chapter 1. He says, you will be my witnesses. This is partially the promise being fulfilled. That you are being the witnesses. Then therefore, because he raised from the dead, he's exalted at the right hand of the Father. He is ruling alongside God right now. Right? And then he gives us the Holy Spirit to continue the mission, to continue what is happening. And each and every one of us who are believers have access to that power. And he continues on. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. You see, the people hearing this message, hearing what Peter said, they're cut to the heart. And then they ask a really good question. They said this, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? 
It's a really good question. They just heard this incredible message about Jesus coming and as God, dying on our behalf, resurrecting from the dead on our behalf, and giving us this new life. And they ask a really good question. What do I do now that I've heard this message? Well, Peter answers them. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. You see, this invitation to what Jesus offers is open to everybody. It's open to all people. It's open to you. It's open to me. It's open to everybody sitting here on the stage. We need to repent and be baptized. And then he continues on. He says, and with many other words. I mean, you see that Peter, he gave this sermon, but then he sits there and he talks to people and not all of it's recorded. But what we do have is incredible. And what he says is, is with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And he continues on. And they being the people, who, all those 3,000 people, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread because there's always food. You, just, you have to remember that. There's always food. That's actually like a biblical truth. Um, so breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending to the temple together and breaking bread to see food again. And in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. You see, before we move on and kind of dissect this a little bit, I want to be really clear. We're not the Acts church anymore. That was one time. It was in a unique time and it was an important time. And it was a good thing that happened. But we're not that. We can't go back to being like that. But there's principles to be had here. The other thing that's interesting is that if you see, what they were saying is they were doing some really simple things. The early church wasn't all that complicated. They were sharing the name of Jesus. They were making somebody a good meal. They were listening to what people had to say and talking to them. It's kind of it. That's how the mission of the church started. And that's kind of what we see over the course of Mission Akron. We did a lot of really simple things, but Jesus' name was glorified through it. We hung out in like 100 degree weather sorting clothes and getting sunburned. It's a very simple thing. But Jesus is shown through it. And it's really similar to what happened in Acts. That all of us have an opportunity for the gospel. It doesn't have to be complicated. Sometimes it's as simple as a meal. Most of the time it's as simple as a meal. Right, but I want to think about this for a second. Because when I said that I couldn't get the gospel out of my head, this is what I meant. And let's dissect this for a second. It's verse 22, we know that Jesus is God. He's the Messiah. He's 100% man. He's 100% God. He's both things and he's our savior. That's all the Messiah means is that he came to do something and God sent him. Verse 23, Jesus was crucified and that is God's plan at work, right? It was God's plan for this to happen. 
And Jesus laid down his life and was crucified for us, right? Then verses 24 through 32 are all about Jesus resurrecting from the dead and that also being God's plan at work. And even he goes as far as in this part of the sermon to tell us that it was prophecy at work, that, that David talked about it in the Psalms and all. It was, it's amazing, right? Verse 33, that now because of all of what Jesus did, he's exalted with victory over death and demons, there's a real power of darkness that we are up against. And we've all felt that weight at some time. Maybe it wasn't an actual demon, but we've seen some things. So we've done some things. Some things have been done to us, right? We're up against it. But Jesus is exalted in victory over those things. And then God gives us the Holy Spirit to continue to have the power to fight those battles and also be on mission for him. That's part one of the gospel, what God did. We didn't do any of this. God did this all on his own. Part two of the gospel. Verse 37, it's what we do. What do we do in response? Is that question that all those people asked after they heard the message of what God did, right? What do I do? Good question. Here you do. Uh, verse 37, we're convicted. This is the simple idea that we know that we have a problem. That we know somewhere deep in us, whether something we did, whether that was something done to us, whether it's something horrible that we witnessed, whether we turned on the news and saw something bad. I don't know what it is, but we acknowledge that there's a problem. And that's what being convicted is, and that's what Peter talks about. Then he continues, and he says, after you acknowledge that there's a problem and you got one, you have to confess I did, or I experienced, or I witnessed, or this was done to me. Right? Verse 38. After that, you repent. And here's the thing about repentance. If you quickly translate it, it is just to turn around. But it's always turning around towards something, and it also requires a lot of change. And so here's what this actually, this is the full idea of repent, is we need to change our belief, our values, and our God not change our behavior because belief is always first. Behavior follows. Behavior always follows belief. But when we repent, we're just getting to that step of believing. And what I say when I say we need to change our belief, that right now, if you don't follow Jesus, or maybe you do follow Jesus and there's conflicting beliefs in there, that when we come in contact with Christ and what he's done and what he's offering us, and we'll see that here in a second, we have to look at what we believe in. What do we believe about the world? What do I believe about the darkness and evil I see? What do I believe about myself? What do I believe about my brother? What do I believe about my dad? What do I believe about my best friend or my neighbor? What are those beliefs? What do I value? Do I value my finances? Do I value my family? Do I value my job? Do I value my friends? Do I value my neighbor, etc.? And ultimately, what do I make a God out of? I intentionally put that there. Because anything we put in front of God and in those values and belief systems can easily become a God, easily become something that we worship. All of those things. Family. Family is a really good thing. Do you love your family more than you love God? Do you spend 
time with God and with the Lord and with your family or do you only hang out with your family? Your job. Jobs are good. Do you love your job more than you love Jesus? Do you love your job more than you love your family? Are you more present with the fellow employees that you have than you are with your kids? Are you more present with your boss at that dinner meeting than you are with your wife or you are with your husband? You see how like our belief and our values and our gods have to change when we repent. They have to. Because all of those things, some of them are really good. Need to be reordered, restructured, realigned. And ultimately, it's changing what you trust. So what do you trust? Do you trust your friends? Do you trust your spouse? You prob- I hope you do. But do you, trust it, do you trust your spouse more than God? Do you trust your bank account more than God? Do you trust your house or whatever, your job, etc.? You have to change that. And then you're baptized, which baptized is simply an expression and confirmation of conversion before God and others. I just used three really big words, so I will explain them. Uh, So you are baptized, which is the act of being dunked into water and then raised again in a public space in church or whatever, maybe in a river, maybe in the ocean, I don't know. And you're baptized as an expression. So it's an idea that something changed within me. Remember the people who heard Peter's sermon, that they were cut to the core, that they were changed in their hearts. And that baptism then is an expression of what Jesus has already done in our hearts. And it's, an, it's a public expression with a group of witnesses before God and other people that you say that you're all in for Christ, just as Christ is all in for you. You see, I'm wearing this wedding ring right now. And this, this is an expression of my love for my wife, for Ashley, right? And um, it's a way for you guys to all know that I'm married. But if I take this off, if I drop it, if I lose it, if my son accidentally swallows it or something like that, right? If, if this wedding ring disappears, am I any less married? No. I'm still super married. Like, I'm still like really married. And so uh, that doesn't change anything, but it's an expression of that. And it's much the same way with baptism, that it's a public expression of what Jesus has already done. And then... You have to accept the change, which requires believing and trusting God. Believing and trusting that he knows what he's doing. Believing and trusting that he's in charge of your life. Believing and trusting the message that he has for us. Gospel part three. What we get. Verse 38. We get forgiveness and acceptance by grace alone and faith alone in Jesus. There is great forgiveness. There's incredible acceptance. And it is not through anything we do or can do or have done, but it's through Jesus alone. It's through having that faith in him alone. We then get a new spirit and a new life. The gift of the Holy Spirit and total regeneration through Jesus and his resurrection. That his resurrection allows us to enter into that That is, it says other places in the Bible that we are a new creation, that the total old self of us has passed away. 
because of Jesus. That we're a completely new thing, that we operate under a whole new system, a whole new belief, that we're a new thing entirely because of Jesus. And we have the gift of the Spirit to help us along the way. We're not alone in it. But we're further not alone because verse 42, we get a new community. Verses 44 through 47, we get a new mission. Then we get a new hope. This is what couldn't get out of my head when I was thinking about Mission Akron. When I say I was thinking about the gospel, I can tell you, and everybody on this stage will tell you the same thing, that when we came into Mission Akron, we were all just individual people. And when we walked out, we were a community we were unified. We weren't unified for community's sake. We weren't trying to get community just to have community. No. We were pursuing Jesus together. And because Jesus changes our lives, like we just talked about through his gospel, we get a new community. We get a new mission. We get a new hope. That we were able to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That we were able to come together as an incredible group of people pursuing a group of people that are in our backyard, that are in your backyard, who need Jesus. And that's what I saw this week. So I saw a group of people relentlessly committed to Jesus' mission, relentlessly committed to what he was doing in the community, relentlessly committed to each other, and stepping up and encouraging each other and, and asking each other to do better and encouraging each other and exhorting each other. It was, it was amazing. And so ultimately, what I really see this week as is a starting spot for Connect Youth. It's a launching pad. It, it, there's so much momentum from this trip. Moving forward, I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do. And I think we're all excited about the, what the Lord is going to do. And so I have an awesome announcement that on September 4th, we're doing a Connect Youth launch party in the new building. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be at 5 p.m. till I don't care when at night because it's Labor Day the next day and whatever. Um, and we have, we're going to have, I'm bringing in a bunch of inflatables. We're going to have video games. We're going to have more pizza than you can even dream of. We're going to have a lot of giveaways happening. Like I'm going to give you guys money and gift cards. It's going to be awesome. Um, and so you're not going to want to miss this event, but this is not like a promotion to promote an event. But this is just to say that we're at a spot right now where the Lord has teed up something big. And I think this is part of the puzzle. And I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to continue to do, which brings us to my connection point, which is this. So the gospel is unifying. To him be the glory. Right? That ultimately the gospel unifies us under one roof. Not physical roof, but like metaphorical roof. That it unifies us under a new mission, a new hope, a new life. 
And so that ultimately we can bring Jesus all the glory. And that's what this week was all about. (laughs) That it was not about us, but about bringing him glory for the sake of his gospel that unifies us all. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you so much for all that you did at Mission Akron, for all that you're going to continue to do because of what you did at Mission Akron. I pray for all the students here sitting on the stage that they would, um, they wouldn't forget what happened this week. That they would uh, allow this to be that unifying jumping off space. That they would know who you are as I know that they do but that they would continue to walk into the path that you have for them over this next school year. And God, I'm I'm thankful for everybody in this room that we could rally together, but ultimately I'm thankful for the invitation that you give. That because of you, because of your plan, because of what you're continuing to do in us and through us, that we get a brand new life. We get forgiveness and acceptance. We get a new community, a new mission, a new hope. I ask for all the people in this room that we would live into that. That we live into that so well that our hearts would be changed and cut to the core. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.